You are about to embark on a journey. A journey where your worst fears become reality. A journey where hell is not below us, but amongst us. Don't be afraid, relax, and take a seat while I open the box of horrors. Good afternoon, horror story junkies, and welcome back to another episode of Box of Horrors. My name's Israel Johnson, and I'm your host. I'm excited for about a week and a half from now. I'll be staying at the Limp Mansion here in St. Louis. And if anybody knows anything about the Limp Mansion, it's one of the most haunted houses in the country. This haunted house is a site of suicides and there were four suicides committed in the house one of those suicides happened in the room that me and one of my best friends will be staying in so if you're there on the 19th stop by and say hello i'll be there anyways the story we'll be reading today is by an author named Joseph Gioconda. The story is titled Alone. It's about a man who ends up getting locked in a funeral home. With all that said, let's go ahead and jump right in and I'll see you guys at the end. We got an old cot in the waiting room, the mortician told me. You can sleep in there tonight. It's not very comfortable, but it'll do. Everything smelled of mothballs and formaldehyde. When my father, brothers, and I had arrived at the funeral home in the rental car, we found a three-room shack in the middle of the desert. The closest town was two miles away and consisted of a one-pump gas station, a post office, and a bank that was open a few hours a week. The closest bona fide town with a motel was over 20 miles away. In between there and the funeral home, I didn't see a single house, not one. In fact, I'm not even sure I saw a passing motorist. Just cactus and cactus and empty highway. We had flown to Phoenix from New York and then made the four-hour drive deep into the desert to this local facility that was handling my Uncle Tim's autopsy and burial. I hadn't known my uncle that well. He had moved to Arizona when I was a teenager. He was my father's brother, but they weren't all that close either. Tim's wife passed away last year so we were literally his last surviving family. The now deceased couple never had any kids and Eleanor's family was unknown to us. Tim was being buried in the veteran cemetery up in Flagstaff. My mother wasn't in the best health to travel, so she stayed back home. This was really dad's responsibility, but we didn't want him to deal with it alone. You know, we could only get one room at the motel, Mike. My father said, and it only has two singles. Your older brother is sleeping in a cot too. 
Yeah, but he's sharing a motel room with you guys, not spending the night in a funeral home alone. I'm literally going to be miles away from anyone until morning. Oh, stop being a baby. It's not like there will be anyone to bother you, my father said. Then you sleep in here, I said, not joking. I couldn't believe my family was seriously forcing me to sleep by myself in a funeral parlor occupied by more corpses than living people. I wouldn't have access to transportation, so if I wanted to leave in the middle of the night, I couldn't. I truly would be trapped. Miles and miles of wasteland separated me from other living people. I'll close this door to the embalming room, the funeral director said to me, pulling it shut. It doesn't lock. There are three bodies back there, your uncles and two others. But don't worry, I'll be back at first light to finish the autopsy and prepare him for burial. He flipped open the raw cot and handed me an uncomfortable pillow and folded polyester sheets. This is all I have for your bedding, but the waiting room couch pillows could do in a pinch. I tried to look brave. Sure, I'll be fine. Just point me to the bathroom, I said stoically. It's over there, he pointed to a tiny powder room and next to the embalming room. No shower, unfortunately. He turned off the bathroom light. I hung my black suit on the bathroom door. It dangled like a hanged man in a noose. See you in the morning, Mike, my father said, closing the outer door behind him and walking to the rental car with my two brothers. I was now totally alone in the silent building. This was back before iPhones or iPads. I had absolutely nothing to do except sit in the waiting room in complete silence. I didn't even have a radio, although I doubt the airwaves reached this spot. The only reading materials were old, dated magazines that I had already flipped through twice. It was only 9 o'clock p.m., so I had a good 10 hours to go before my family and the funeral director would be back. It was getting dark, and I dreaded the many silent hours ahead of me. I cursed my family for leaving me here. Right now, my father and brothers were driving toward a comfortable motel where they'd watch cable television, drink cold beer, and maybe even go out and get dinner at a drive through McDonald's. Instead, I was trapped here in the middle of desolation. I couldn't believe I didn't stand up for myself. If I had rented my own car, I could have at least figured out some alternative. I might have driven down from the airport in the early morning before the funeral. Maybe. Or even slept in the airport parking garage or in a tent on the side of the road. Hell, that would be better than this solitude. The howling coyotes would at least be a sound. Instead, cold silence. My mind started to drift to what was on the other side of that unlocked door. It was a cheap, hollow one, the kind that a strong push could break through. That was probably why the funeral director never bothered to install a lock on it. What was the point? With an interior door that flimsy, 
an average sized person could push right through the hollow wood. The exterior door didn't look much sturdier, but at least it had a lock. I sat and stared at the interior door. I thought about my Uncle Tim's body in the refrigerator on the other side of it. It was only about 12 feet away from me, six feet on this side of the door and probably six feet on the other. From the glimpse I caught of it earlier, the embalming room was small, and who did the other two bodies belong to? There couldn't be many people living in this part of the desert, much less three people dying within a few days of each other that would need to be temporarily stored there. That seemed suspicious now that I thought about it. And why did the funeral director even mention other bodies? I tried to put these jarring thoughts out of my mind. They were only making me more uneasy. I started mulling over my options in the case of an emergency. I hadn't noticed a landline telephone. Then again, what emergency could possibly happen in the next few hours? I just needed to fall asleep. Before I knew it, it would be dawn and the mortician would be back. I never thought that I would be happy to see one. I tossed and turned on the uncomfortable old cot that smelled like mothballs. The metal bar in the middle was hurting my back. I thought about switching to the couch, but its covers looked even scratchier and more uncomfortable than the sheets on the cot. I thought of happier times when I got back to New York. I would go out for a night of binge drinking. That would be fun. A nightclub filled with girls and booze and loud music. Just then, I heard something in the embalming room move. I wish it was just a little bit longer. Just a tad bit. Just put a little bit more, uh, you know... A little bit more meat to it, but that's okay though. It was still a cool story. I enjoyed it. Anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed that story as much as I did reading it. I'll definitely be sure to keep you guys updated on the Lint Mansion adventure. So that should be a lot of fun and I'm so much looking forward to it. Anyway, hope you guys have a good weekend. Enjoy your Saturday and I'll see you guys next week on Box of Horrors.
from the blood.